Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Justin and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell, starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find? Hello and welcome to an Ask Me Anything episode of I Weigh with Jamila Jamil. Today I'm joined by one of my favourite humans. She's a really good friend of mine and she's just one of the most ridiculous people I know, but also one of, like weirdly wise for someone so young. And so I thought Thank she could come here I'm today. That's all right. <laughs> I've been trying to get you to say that for ages. <laughs> Thanks for admitting it. <laughs> Grace Campbell's here joining me today, all the way from England. And uh, we both put out a request for questions, anything you wanted us to answer. And so you sent in fucking loads of questions and we're going to do our best to answer everything from the very serious to the completely ridiculous. Uh, Let's start with, Grace, how are you? I'm great. Yeah? (laughs) I've got three cans of liqueur in front of me, so I feel really happy. You've been living with me for a week now. I've been living with you for for eight days, actually, and uh, counting. And we're still friends. (laughs) We're still friends. I think it's been really good. Yeah, I feel closer to you than ever. Because I didn't know how it was going to go because those we've never who are hung out to this, Jamila is looking at me in the most intense way and she hasn't blinked. I am blinked. holding one she knife to her. blinked <laughs> for seven minutes. <laughs> She's staring at me possessed. I am having a good time. James and Jamila are treating me I well. I wake up and Jamila's at the end of the bed <laughs> in the middle of the night just staring at me. No, I'm having a really nice time. You're a wonderful person. Ah, I love you. And uh, given that we'd only ever hung out for about three or four hours at a time, it was a bit of a risk. But actually, it's been incredibly chill It and has fun. been good. It's yeah. been good. Yeah. Apart from my slight... Uh, <laughs> we don't need to get into that. <laughs> okay, so one of the first questions that I want to start with is someone asking, what are your thoughts on keeping in touch with an ex? Well, I would say... Okay, so I've done all of these different variations of like breaking up with people and like keeping in touch, not mm-hmm. keeping in touch, trying to like not talk to them and never contact them again. And I think in my experience, it doesn't work. Why? Because, well, it, it, it is totally dependent. But if there are any kind of like unresolved feelings on either side, being in communication is only going to mean that that person who has unresolved feelings is not resolving those feelings on their own mm-hmm. um so I kept in touch with my ex-boyfriend for like a year afterwards and it meant that neither of us moved on and it was actually so weird like we and were, were you shagging 
Not for the first nine months. And I was seeing someone else. And then it was really weird. We actually kept in touch for a while after that. And then we saw each other for a bit. And then we ended it again. And then I remember this really weird moment, which I always think about because it was so weird because we obviously weren't over each other where we were both seeing new people but we were constantly talking to each other about these new people that we were seeing but comparing the That's new people really we were strange. seeing with with our relationship with each other and like advising each other on how to get through stuff with these new people based on how we were but also kind of being like but I want to be with you it was so odd and obviously that was a very specific experience. And I, I'll never do that again, I don't think. Because it's it slowed down the process of like healing from the relationship. So I don't know. I don't know if it's the best thing. I think if you have children or dogs, like you have to, or pets, mm-hmm. you have to keep in touch with them, which is unfortunate. I think it's more a matter of how long after the breakup you can maybe re establish a relationship with someone I think staying in touch immediately after a breakup is incredibly fucking difficult because it means that the wounds never have a chance to heal but I've definitely like a year or two or three years afterwards been able to reconnect with that person in a way where I know they're in a separate relationship they're really happy in uh, and I'm coming to fucking up no I am <laughs> and I'm in a happy relationship and we're both happy for each other and we've both landed in really good places and recognized that actually our relationship was not necessarily the best thing for either of us that for me has worked but I definitely need like a solid year because I need to forget their genitals Yes. It's so fucking crazy yeah. to be with someone who's like, who's like, you have like a vivid memory of their genitals. Yeah. Like, it's insane to sit opposite them. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just like, I think it's crazy. Like, I can't stop thinking about it. Like, every I time I blink, I'm just. I think about their genitals. Like, I right. think about their cum faces more. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about exes in that way. I'm not thinking about their dicks. I'm thinking about the strange, sad sounds that they make when they come. Did I tell you about the guy that I dated? who was so posh that when he came he said hoorah (laughs) how dare you that is awful that's awful and you dated this person as in you slept with them more than once yeah yeah but I was telling you the other day about that guy that I was seeing not long ago and when he would come it was like it was like he just found out his whole family had died like he was (laughs) he would cry so much brave heart and and it was literally like that and like he was sacrificing himself and every time he'd make those sounds I'd be like this is the last time I'm gonna have sex with him this is the last time I'm gonna go through this and then I'd always be there again like four days later and he's doing it again I'm like this is the last time I'm gonna hit Academy is a new scripted podcast that follows Ava Richards, played by Myhalla of Leave the World Behind and HBO's Industry, a brilliant scholarship student who has to quickly adapt to her newfound eat-or-be-eaten world. Ava's ambitions take hold and her small-town values break in hopes of becoming the first scholarship student to make the list. Bishop Gray's all-coveted academic top 10 curated by the headmaster himself, but after realising that she has no chance at the list on her own, she reluctantly accepts an invitation to a secret underground society that pulls the strings on campus life and academic success. If she bends to their will, she will then have everything she has ever dreamed of. But at what cost? Academy takes you into the world of cutthroat private school where power, money and sex collide in a game of life and death. Follow Academy on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Academy early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
If you had an extra hour a day, how would you use it? Do you even know? So many of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is more time for what exactly? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? I think the key for many of us is recognising what is actually a priority for me and do I have the right priorities and am I actually engaging with them? And so that's where I think therapy can come in really handy because I'm someone who utilised therapy to really start to understand myself and ask myself, am I living a life to impress other people or to follow certain rules or am I living my life to actually make myself happy? And that has led to huge changes for me that have meant that I have shunned certain things I used to think I was supposed to do to be quote unquote successful. And now I've reframed success as happiness. And it is forcing me onto this journey that is making me exponentially happier and maybe less impressive of a person, but I'm more impressed with me now because I feel like I'm going to look back on the current life I'm leading and think, oh, I did a good job of that. I was happy then. I made some really nice memories rather than I achieved a bunch of things I was just supposed to chase. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, I think maybe you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient. It's super flexible. It's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a super brief questionnaire and then you get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you don't like them, you can just switch them for no extra fee. It's super easy. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash iWay to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash iWay. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. so wrong it's so wrong it's so but it's that's always the thing once the my feelings for someone have like calmed down and resolved i look at those things and i'm like what yeah i'm but i think what is the healthy place to be with each other but weirdly when, when i'm friends. like what i don't want to talk to them so i've had that with with exes where like we get to a point where we could be friends and then i'm like i don't want to be friends with you right no that's fair that's fair i think i'm only really in like proper touch with like one of my exes and that feels really nice it's not excessive we talk like three times a year check uh-huh. in with each other because we loved each other yeah, and, and we had an amazing time together and circumstances kind of full, like pulled us apart we weren't right for each other that's okay but it doesn't take away from the friendship so I think it's just about giving yourself the space and time to forget the cum face and the genitals and to heal from all the trauma and then it is possible and it really also I guess kind of depends on the security of your new spouse what about you kind of have to take that into account what about if that's you okay if you I know you're in a fucking long term relationship so you should really ask me this question but like hypothetically what if you started seeing someone and they were still in constant communication with their ex i i've been in that situation before where she was a part of the friend group of my ex so they saw each other all the time and i didn't really have a choice and i knew that they'd broken up for a reason so i didn't really feel threatened by that but i also don't feel threatened by anything ever yeah well that's why i wish you'd have asked me that question okay fine now ask now the same question to you what would you do i think that would like i think that would i would struggle with it right because i think that especially if it was a fresh breakup i would be like because 
because having been in that situation where I've just broken up with someone and I've started seeing someone, but I'm still in constant communication with my ex, it's really confusing to actually develop feelings for someone in a fresh, clean slate way when you're still talking to the person you've just broken up with. Yeah. So I think I would, I would, I would be quite like worried. Yeah, maybe a recent breakup I would struggle yeah. with, but I don't know. Other than that, I would just say it's it's a case by case basis. But if you've broken up amicably, give it some time, move on. And then really establish firm boundaries with that friendship so that you don't end up hurting yourselves or your partners. Okay, next question. Handling job interview rejection. Have you ever been rejected for a job? I've never had a job. (laughs) That's not true. (laughs) Wait, is that true? What? James has never had a job. I've never had a real job. That's crazy. Well, I've had jobs. Like, I've done stuff. Obviously, Mm -hmm. I I make a living. Yeah, you're a working comedian. I had a job in a pub for Mm -hmm. a while. (laughs) But that was, like, Jack's mum's pub. Right. I worked in the pub, and that was epic. And then I worked at the Natural History Museum Mm -hmm. as a dinosaur. Okay. And I I worked in the cafe. (laughs) (laughs) That took you ages. Um, I worked in the cafe there, and I was pretty good at that. Then I worked as a tour assistant on a reggae, like big reggae festival. Okay, which I was really good at. There you I go, Damien Marley. Yeah, so you had then proper I got jobs fired from that job, right? Because my pupils were so dilated, and they said that I looked like I was on drugs. Were you on drugs, no. Grace? Oh, my pupils are always massive. Have you not noticed that about me? No. Sorry. It's crazy because you're staring into my eyes constantly. <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking at? <laughs> Just looking to see no, if there's a no soul in there. No, the colour of my eyes because my pupils are always so massive. Right, 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 right. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I am. Um, so tell me about your got, job projections. Uh, I mean, my, a lot of mine have been in this industry. Like if I've gone up for like a telly job and then I haven't got it. And it has been, I, I don't know if it's denial that reinstates the sentiment of like what passes you, what misses you just isn't for you. And, but it has, that does really resonate with me because every time I've not gotten a job that I thought I wanted or I thought would be good, I've then gone on to see that that job wouldn't have been the right thing for me. Like either something massive happened in my life that would have made that job nearly fucking impossible for me to do or it turned out to be shit Shit. or people who were on that job turned out to be fucking miserable and it's always been like a kind of almost Final Destination-esque like near miss. And so I think that it's really, really easy to project that, oh my God, that would have been the job of my dreams. That would have been the best experience of my life. But actually, often... It just is not something that's compatible for you. And I'm not a super spiritual religious person in any way, but I do think I'm starting to get more into the idea as I age fast (laughs) of of destiny and fate. And there's something that I find kind of reassuring about that, even though it's deeply, deeply unscientific. What about you? I think so. I mean, I have never, ever, ever struggled with any kind of work rejection ever. My main issue is I struggle with romantic rejection. I think all of my problems with rejection are concentrated into that. Mm. Whenever I don't get a job that like I wanted or whenever something in my career doesn't quite go how I wanted it to, I'm always like, yeah, that's fine because I'm going to do this to make up for that and this will still happen. Mm -hmm. it's, It's something I... But but like my issue is like when I get broken up with by a man, like I want to kill myself for like six months and I can't look in the mirror. So Mm -hmm. like I definitely am bad with rejection. I just think it's all about like validation in relationships. I don't know why that is. We could try and unpack that, but I don't think we have time. Um, So I don't I don't I I just kind of like move on and say, well, there'll be there'll be another job um, that I'll get. 
Yeah, I really think it's important that you think about that and and you make sure to fill that time with like, what have I learned from this? What can I now do with this time to make it purposeful? And what can I look for that maybe fits me better? It means it doesn't fit you. It's the same thing with romantic rejection. Like, why should we want something that doesn't I know, fit us? Exactly. Why do we want someone who doesn't want us back? It doesn't make any sense because it's not conducive but to a really happy vibe. The, the comparison together. you can draw with that and jobs is when you fight for a job, mm-hmm. and it's the same with when you sort of fight with the, for an idea of a relationship or fight for a person, you want it more, even if it isn't right, and you in years or months to come will see that it's not right for you. When you are fight, when you're going through a process trying to get a job and you have to do like five interviews, even if you started not wanting that job, mm-hmm. the process of going through that makes makes you want it so much more which is why the rejection at the end of that feels so much worse right okay so that that makes sense I think I have a blind spot there then because there's nothing that I actually want that badly at all apart from sort of apart snacks donuts um, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> don't try and say there's nothing to me yeah exactly but like I, I think I've always lived with a philosophy of high hopes and low expectations and so because in and this means not just in work but also in love I've always kind of lived inside of a fuck it bucket where I'm just like if it's not meant to be it's not meant to be and and if someone doesn't isn't willing to kind of lay down their life for me as a partner then I'm like well why would I want that person then if they're not if they're not if they're even vaguely uninterested in me I immediately get completely turned off I'm turned on by someone else's ardor by someone else's affection uh for me or attention towards me someone being like a bit cold towards me or anything that can make some people even more interested me it gives me the immediate ick I'm just like no no thank you I want something that is completely clear and certain and we're both in and we're up for it and we're ready to go and I've been that way with work as well if someone's not excited to work with me for example I'm now at a place in my career where not to brag um, I get sometimes straight offers which is where you don't have to audition to get the role and I insist on auditioning anyway now because I want to know that they're happy with the way I'm going to do it and I want to earn the role. When it hasn't been a great fit, it's been a fucking miserable experience and my mental health has taken a toll and my physical health has taken a toll and a relationship that is unhappy is so detrimental to my entire soul. It really ruins my health. And so I'm just not interested in anything other than certainty, pleasure and fun and world peace. And world peace. Let's, <laughs> let's uh, end on that. <laughs> but I know not everyone feels that but way. I'm not like that. I, I'm like, things that I can have, I don't want. Like, I don't, like, it's it's weird. It's and like... What, I think a lot of people relate to that. Yes. Do you know what that is? I think that it is a very normal feeling when something that feels slightly out of reach, and, and maybe it's a kind of deep, desire to self-sabotage because instead of seeking the things that will make you feel good it's like it's like a part of kind of not thinking you deserve good things Mm. so then chasing things that you probably won't get or that will you'll get but they won't work out for you because there are clear warning signs but you think that's what you deserve and is there is there an extra ego boost in being able to turn someone's like mind around if someone's not sure about you showing them that actually no I'm the I'm the person. Yeah. Is there, do you think that there's something that kind of, I don't know, there's something complimentary in that for someone? Yeah, I th- maybe, maybe. I don't know. It's really interesting. Like in my c- career in comedy, I have never really been approved of in comedy in the UK. Like I, that's going to sound really like people will really hate that I'm saying that. But in a critical way, I've people have always chatted a lot of shit about me because mm-hmm. I guess like I, I my, my dad is well known in the UK and people felt that 
I don't know that it was happening maybe too easily for me. And then on a sort of like industry level, I still think there's this weird vibe of people like not really no- not really knowing what to make of me. And instead of me, I guess, trying to prove that, which is the, I'm slightly contradicting myself now, I've just gone the other way of like, well, I'll just do it without you and on my own mm-hmm. so uh, in work I'm not like that it's literally just with men that I'm like yeah I can't really decide if mine is cowardice or chill I think it's somewhere between the two There's that's like, interesting yeah. <laughs> it could I be, think it's it more be, chill personally because right, yeah. I don't think you like but I don't know you could just be a really good actor and you're like you're I tricking think we us know all. I'm not a very good actor <laughs> but you could be tricking all of, all of the people in your life <laughs> no I do think it is just chill I think what it is for me fundamentally and I think this is a kind of sweeping philosophy of mine that is growing is that especially when you have grown up as a woman and all the uncomfortable things that come with being a woman including like the fucking periods and the pain and I'm also someone who's, you know, experienced a lot of health problems. I broke my back when I was younger and all this shit. I've gone through so much shit that I'm just like, I don't want to be uncomfortable voluntarily for a second. Even when I get my dental hygiene done, they always try and talk me out of having like some form of anaesthetic. And I'm like, why would I, why would I not take the anaesthetic? I'm trying to talk like this for the rest of the day. That's fine. That's fine. Give me the That's fucking shit. Anyway. Give me anything. I, I have laughing gas during a uh, pap smear. So I'm fucking screaming with laughter through the entire thing I will take anything that will stop me from feeling any kind of lack of pleasure I'm whatever the opposite of no pain no gain is I am that like I just and so I think it extends to work and it extends to love it's yeah. like I refuse it's good you, to be uncomfortable I think you have a good and you're very good at doing this with me of assessing like because I'm very bad at assessing what is a good or bad situation for me like I mean <laughs> I don't trust my judgment and that's kind of where I'm at at the moment in in my relationships with men is because of making quite poor decisions in the past I really don't trust my judgment so I, I do take a lot of opinions from other people and you're good at seeing things in that way of what is actually going to be good for you long term versus yeah. what do you feel in this moment which mm-hmm. feels really intense but in like five days it won't Yeah, well, I just personally believe anyone who's listening to this, I think you should always run towards the most pleasure and ease possible in life. I think that's very good I think that we've had it very glamorised to suffer and to be heroes and to be martyrs. And I think that that is very, very insidious conditioning that is specifically targeted at women. It's targeted at men in different ways, maybe more physical ways or work ways, but in every way women are targeted to just endure 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 and tolerate suffering and think it's somehow our fault and so run run from suffering however you can in this already difficult world that's just my very very good advice yeah thank you okay um what are ways to self-soothe wanking yep masturbating (laughs) but good old vibrator yeah having a good old fud Who are it's you? Not- You're like an old English man. You're like an old, English man whose I, eyes can't like help themselves from looking down at my I know. I'm, I'm <laughs> seconds away from fancy a friendly poke. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, um, no, other than wanking. Other than wanking. Um, well, I mean, 
I think we solved it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Other than wanking, what's a good way to self-soothe? Well, none of the things that I do are things I should recommend. I disagree. You compulsively watch uh, your favourite comedy shows that you love. That's true. I'm re-watching Insecure at the moment. That calms me down a lot. I like to re-watch Girls because their lives are so stressful that I immediately feel better about my own That's exactly how I feel when I watch those shows because it's a good bit of like, oh, actually, everyone's going through this all the time. Yeah, I'm not alone. Um, well, you got me onto playing that game, Impulse, which I, I do now whenever I'm trying not to like send someone an angry message. I go on Impulse and just play games mm-hmm. instead. Um, You've now plugged LaCroix and Impulse. I know. This, and I'm not getting paid by either. So thanks, okay. Grace. I'm sorry. Well, maybe there's a future collaboration <laughs> pending now with LaCroix. I hope do you know so. What I Impulse mean? is a fantastic app yeah. that has lots Speak of mind puzzles existence. that help you with your memory. Yeah, you especially amazing. need at my age. Exactly, at your exactly, age and yeah. not at my age because I'm a ripe well, old young peach. On your way. I'm, you are. Yeah, I'm in my 20s. Well, I I'm very much in my peach, 20s. But yeah. <laughs> you are at the very Six last months left of, my of your 20s. <laughs> 20s. <laughs> <laughs> I Actually, you know what? That's okay. Wait, wait. Just before we get into it, uh, I also think time with friends is incredibly important. I think it's it's important to find that balance of making sure you take time alone and don't feel like you're being weird or antisocial. We all need a bit of time to regroup. Put on your favorite, uh, put on your favorite television. Listen to your favorite music. Go for walks, please. But go also, for walks. hang out with dogs. I would say my main yes. thing is like that's what's been so nice staying with you, and that's what I do when I'm in London. Is if I'm sad or if I'm feeling anything, I just hug my dog. Yeah, hug your better. dog, and please, please, please go for walks. I'm not asking you to do any kind of boring exercise, but go for a walk, listen to a podcast, listen to music. It is outrageous the speed at which moving your body can shift your perspective and give you a sense of autonomy. That I think is really important. And then when you feel ready to see people and hear input about how shit things are in your life then start hanging out with friends who make you feel good about yourself who uplift you not someone who's going to make you feel like this is all your fault or who's going to make you feel like this is some sort of disaster someone who's really going to empower you those are the people you need to surround yourselves with in that moment um speaking of which I turned 38 this summer. Obviously, you can't relate. Um, and it has hit me hard that my face is aged and will continue to wrinkle. And in a couple of years, we'll be getting bifocals and colonoscopies. It's scary. Um, I think aging is amazing. And mm-hmm. I do think that, like, not to offend, I know we're in LA right now, but like, I spend a lot of time in France and I love being in France and looking at the way that French women just age and just allow their bodies to age and look unbelievable and glamorous but embrace all of the like parts of aging like I think wrinkles are actually cool whenever I've said that publicly about like going to Europe and seeing how much of a difference it makes to the way that I feel emotionally seeing that the women uh, in certain parts of Europe are so much more prone to just allowing themselves to age naturally Uh, some people shout at me and they say that because of Instagram growing and TikTok culture growing that actually, even in Europe, these things are starting to penetrate and facelifts and... and, and Which is, it's definitely Botox, true, but I think, like, there's... And, and also, by the way, you should do whatever you want to do yeah. in terms of the ageing process. Like, I am so pro people doing whatever they want to do to make themselves feel happy. Life is so short and the world is fucked and we're all going through shit. So if you want to do something to make yourself feel better about this process. But more my point to that is that, like, I don't know. And I, one of the things that um, I think about a lot is the way that the show Grace and Frankie 
re-pitched Getting Older as a Woman. Mm. And I love that show so much. That's one of my comfort shows. I watch it every single night before sleep. Mm -hmm. um, and I go to sleep to the sound of it. But why are you laughing? Both of it's so sweet. No, but it's true because that show made me really excited to be older. And it makes me, and, and I love Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda. Obviously, their relationship is unbelievable. But there are so, so many cool things about getting older. And there's so, if we repitch the idea of like being a wise older woman who has gone through things and can help younger women who are struggling and going through this fucked up Instagram, TikTok stuff, there's something amazing about that. So I love it when I, like see I guess women embracing that I 100% feel the same way I realise it's been quite detrimental to my mental health to live in a city like Los Angeles where it just feels like everyone has the same surgeon and everyone has the same face and no one ever ages and you can't really tell how old anyone is because people in their 20s get so much Botox and then they but they look, look the 40 age. and yeah. then like 60 year olds are getting so much Botox they also look 40 so it's in a city of just like all 40 year olds which is fine and again I don't mean that in a judgmental way but it makes me suddenly look at myself differently in a mirror and start thinking about thoughts that are not really going to benefit me in any way they don't make me a more interesting or thoughtful or better friend I don't want to think about my skin or my no. face like it's it's a fucking waste of time and it takes my eye off the ball more, and it 100%. makes me angry that these intrusive thoughts aren't coming from me they're coming from the outside but when I went to Europe suddenly I grew immensely insecurity around my body and my face and I was so much more comfortable with the idea of aging and it looks so elegant to me it looks so beautiful to me and I want that's what I want I'm never going to say never because I think that's a really weird and pretentious thing to do but I would say that I'm a 99% certainty that I would like to see my face age and see my experiences on my face and and the health part of that is shit you know, I, uh, I've i just been getting kind of acid reflux in the last hour for the first time and I've been like, fuck, this is 37. No, but I've been getting acid reflux since I was so young. Yeah, well, but it feels like a more common thing as you yes, get older. And like, my true. knees don't work as, you know, properly. Like, they, you know, when I look at Megan The Stallion uh, twerking, I'm unable to admire her form because I'm too busy, like, marvelling at her knees. Like, that's the kind of thing you start to think about at my age. Sorry, You're like, I just imagined you twerking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Don't put that in everyone's head. I'm so sorry, People but that is what enough. you just put into everyone's head. People are head. suffering enough. You it's just already a terrible world. That. You put I that in my head. I'm really sorry, everyone. I'm really sorry that she has put that visual in your head. I can't imagine anything sadder than my arseless back <laughs> backside <laughs> wiggling in um, all of the wrong directions. <laughs> Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's easy to know you want to make a change in your life, but it is hard to actually do it. How to Be a Better Human from TED is a podcast for when self-help feels too daunting or maybe even unrealistic or just not for you. I'm Chris Duffy, the host of How to Be a Better Human, and trust me, I do not have it all figured out. But join me as I talk to experts about actually attainable ways we can try to improve our lives, whether it's facing fears, setting boundaries, cleaning your house without feeling like a failure, or all sorts of other topics. Find How to Be a Better Human wherever you get your podcasts. 
the thing I would say is that like look the health part is shit and I'm not going to lie about that but it is also a motivation to as young as you can start looking after yourself and that means making sure you're putting nutrition shit in your body making sure you're um, exercising my that makes that so much like, easier my mum looks unbelievable and she's had no work done but she's just like always kind of looked after her health and I will never look as good as her because I drink and haven't been as, <sighs> as good as her but but she and she looks really good but she looks like her age but it's also I mean? important she, to look after your mental health at this age if you like get ahead of the game like yeah. because, because that kind of thing is going to impact your health and all the fucking colonoscopies and all that and I'm not looking forward to that I'm like I don't know 10 years away from the first time someone has to stick a camera up my asshole, and that is terrifying to me all of that but the one thing I want to say about getting older that I've like I personally have a very like a loving relationship with the idea of getting older because all the people I was the most drawn to my whole life were specifically older women and I mean women over the age of 60 and talking to people like Gloria Steinem who on this very podcast when I first started it told me that like when she reached 60 she felt invisible but then also felt completely free and that just sounded absolutely amazing to me it sounded absolutely amazing the way that she talked about being post-menopause, no longer being kind of enslaved by this period and by the hormonal ups and downs constantly. And by men being creeps mm-hmm. all the time. You know, even as I've gotten older in my 20s, I'm like, it's so nice that like I don't get perved on in the way that I did in, when I was younger because I look like someone now that if you perved on me, I would like spit in your face. <laughs> <laughs> you actually do yeah. very much so, yeah. But I used to get perved on so much because tits men are just so like yeah but also since we were children yeah exactly but that's the weirdest part is like me and my friends were saying the other day we were like uh, like the way I used to get perved on in the streets when I was a teenager Mm. versus now is terrifying yeah how much they will creep on it teenage girls. It was outrageous girls. to be like 12, 13 yeah. years old and learn how to speed up past yeah. a construction site. Like my, 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 it was like muscle memory of like if I see any kind of construction or like any builders collected anywhere, I would just start like becoming like the roadrunner and getting past them as fast as possible when I was an actual child. child. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But so there's a good, there, there are good things. To yeah, totally. And also, parts. and also the, like, as I get older, like now that I'm on my way you know I'm on I'm on the other side of 35 I'm on my way towards 40 and I have never been calmer I have never felt happier I have never felt more secure I have never had a firmer understanding of the world or who I am and I know that that is only going to increase I know this is not the uh, the height of the chill that I'm going to be able to find because I've recognized you know when you get to this age and you're able to and you know people do uh, stop showering you with so much attention and the chaos does kind of slow down and you settle into a routine or a relationship or a home or whatever uh, when everything slows down you're able to look at the fucking chaos that young people are dragged through and just think Jesus Christ I'm so happy to be on the and other side and also you know yourself so much more mm-hmm. like I I've because I am soon to be 30 but not quite yet six months away Um, but I when I think about the shift that I've gone through in this decade it's crazy like how much more comfortable I am with the person that I am and how much more I back myself now than I did before and that's so cool like I can't wait to be your age (laughs) (laughs) I 
don't find that offensive at all. I really agree with you. I wish I could put you in a time machine yeah. and bring you here. Uh, whoa, because... whoa, 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 whoa. I've got loads of men I need to shag in the next 10 years. <laughs> I fucking love it. I'm like, bring on the years. Bring on yeah. the years. I love all of the wisdom. I love the fact that I get taken more seriously. I love that being, I love being more free. I love being more invisible. I love being expected if badly now. You're, you're the least invisible person in the world. <laughs> <laughs> but I really you enjoy it. said no one ever. <laughs> no, but like, I don't no, I get hit on mean. as much. I like, mean. I don't yeah, get yeah. as much attention. No, no, like, no. I, that, I'm not on the magazine really nice. covers. Like, I, I just get to be like free and I'm going to be one of those really, really batshit old ladies like I'm going to dress completely inappropriately I'm going to have very 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 bright hair and I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I like yeah Yeah, getting to that age and being like I'm just going to be fucking crazy yeah I don't want to chase youth anymore because youth has got some of the worst memories of my fucking life and I think that's why I think someone said that like the first cells that start to die in your brain as you age are the cells that kind of carry your anxiety Mm. and that's why people just get so chill and they just sit by the window after about 70 yeah oh yeah no hard drugs is definitely on the agenda high as a kite if you were a drag queen what would you look like (laughs) that's so good oh i really want to remember i fought for such a good drag queen name the other day and now it's just forgot i can't remember it but it was epic i still really like disgrace disgrace yeah but it kind of sounds like you're trying to speak patois (laughs) oh yeah that's true I just think I would look like me. I already kind of dress and do my makeup like a drag queen. I mean, when I'm on stage, that is my vibe. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I think I would like really throw myself into like the tits. Mm-hmm. Like in a in a bigger way. I don't think there is a bigger way today that I could be throwing myself into no. the tits if anyone is looking at the full video of this. Yeah. Anyway, We're um, right yeah, now, I think so. I think that would be. I think that's it. I don't, but I literally don't think there's much more glitter I could wear on yeah. television at this point. And I think also drag queens are a massive part of my my sort style. of beauty yeah, inspiration yeah, yeah. and my yeah. style inspiration of the Same. fact that they just are so celebratory in the way that they present themselves and I think as someone who felt my whole life like I just had to hide and be small and starve myself and be skinny watching these women like plump up their hips and their boobs and and just the massive hair the massive like, hair I would just, make my hair so big it feels like a giant celebration and so I, I really appreciate that just without wanting to appropriate it because one of the things I get in stand up is people are always like why do you dress like a slut like when you're doing comedy and I get all these, I get all this stuff like middle aged men are like I can't even listen to what you're saying because you're dressed like that <laughs> and so I just makes me want to do it more yeah, it 100%. makes me want to just dress up more someone's asked how do you stop constantly comparing your self to others which is they say their daily battle is that something that you do I used to do that I don't do that anymore that's one of the big shifts that has changed in my 20s but yeah um my best advice because that used to happen to me a lot more um it really genuinely never happens to me now is I would go offline when I'm having those feelings because it's the internet that really exacerbates it. So if you're feeling insecure, which could be like your hormones, like it would always happen at like when I'm coming on my period and I wouldn't realise it. And then I'd like go and look at this person who's doing much better than me and be like, I hate my life. I'm not doing anything. Do you know what I mean? When I'm in that state, I just cut my fringe too short and then I look like a a small baby lamb. (laughs) 
anyway, that's really sorry. good advice, I would say. Yeah, don't don't cut your fringe don't. the week before your period. Please, please. I do it every single it's like the month. Yeah. She comes yeah, you can track my cycle from how fucking janky I look on Instagram once a month. <laughs> but I would go and, I, and that's what like I do this all the time now. Like when I was having quite a bad mental period recently, I just deleted Instagram for like three weeks, basically, apart from when I had to post a video for work. And because those feelings come from something inside you that's like needs a bit of attention, whether it's an insecurity, whether you're depressed, whether you've got a something that just needs a bit more care and like protection and love. And so doing anything that's going to trigger whatever that is will make it much worse. So when I'm feeling that way now, I will just say, I'm just going to delete Instagram until I feel like it's gone. And then it goes and I go back on Instagram and I do not feel those things at all. Yeah, it also like we have to think about like the cause that, that a lot of comparison culture is a symptom of of a scarcity mindset, which I think is especially inflicted upon women. And and then like, especially when they become minorities or different genders, etc. It's like, you're made to feel like you're in this tiny pool. There are very, very limited opportunities for you. And so you have to be better than everyone else. And, and the markers as to what is better are so arbitrary and ridiculous. And men are just simply not held to quite the same standard as that. They are compared to each other in different ways, but, but there are the so many way. more the sort of generic, same type of man in different jobs or fields than there are women. Women have feel like they have to really, really stand out whilst also not standing out too much and putting their head above the parapet. It's a death trap. Um, and so... That, that it, In comedy, that is like... Unbel- that's the... Because the, in comedy, it's like there's only... The, for so long, there's only been like one really, really good female comedian at mm-hmm. one time, right, being celebrated, which is why you then... And it is that when I, when I started doing stand-up I used to feel that all the time but then like you said I think once you realise that there, that isn't true and get rid of the scarcity mindset of like there's space for more than one of you then you won't be comparing yourself to them because you're different yeah and also recognising <clears throat> that it is a deliberate fear tactic yeah. the scarcity mindset to make kind of women makes you not feel, do it yeah it makes you feel like you don't want to participate in that I would also say that there's a difference between healthy inspiration and aspiration I'm more pro-inspiration than aspiration as in inspiration being like oh this person has that and that looks really fun and I think I would be good at that or I would enjoy that how do I get myself to that rather than wanting them not to have that thing or wanting to be them that I think is incredibly toxic and dangerous so is that the difference between inspiration and aspiration so aspiration is like I want to be you yeah I want to be like I am inspired by you yeah I'm inspired to do that in my own way yeah I think I think there's like inspiration is um it's the best like we all need it to make us I get inspired by you ambitious yeah thank you crickets and um, who do you feel (laughs) (laughs) who do I feel inspired by All right, it's fucking Michaela Cole. I know. All right. <laughs> no, I'm so. I said to you this morning, no, I know. Inspire just... me. I literally said it in bed this morning. She was staring so deeply into my eyes, saying, "Tell me, I inspire you. Tell me, I inspire you." You're such you. a lying. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I said that because you, the way you, the phrase I said was your modus operandi. <laughs> Which is the first time in my life I've said Where that. Where is this serial killer like no, version of me that you've created come from? <laughs> 
sorry. Okay, I go am on. inspired by your modus operandi because the way you lead your life and also I'm inspired by your career deeply and I'm inspired by the things that you say about the world, but I can't. I'm throwing up in my mouth now. Yeah, so we're going like to have to move on. But yeah. the, the way you lead your life really inspires me and, and I want to live my life. Like I want to live my life in a more similar way that you what, do. What, more for snacks and pleasure? Just exactly what you were saying before, being led by things that make you feel good and letting that be a huge part of how of your decision-making process. Yeah, I find the idea of, of volunteering for suffering absolutely outrageous. And I can't believe how much of my life I spent doing it, especially as having anorexia for 20 years. But yeah, anyway, I find a lot of women and other people inspiring but I don't choose to I, I, where I've never landed which I'm glad is uh, ever wanting someone to have less for me to feel like I have more and yeah. I think if that's something that you are experiencing then it's a good idea to maybe talk to someone about it not that person no definitely <laughs> but, not that person but, <laughs> but, but someone but else vocalise it because it's not a crate it's not, not a crime guilt. you feel a lot of guilt when you feel these things and you think you're a bad person yeah. and I think once you speak to them uh, you do feel much less ashamed you also get to the bottom of it because yeah. it's really not and about then that someone's, person and then someone will be like but you know and then say something really matter of fact and then you're like oh yeah obviously yeah exactly so yeah I think work to was use comparison to for inspiration not aspiration as a button on that all right the myth of laziness and how that impacts the body let's unpack oh gosh i um what were we saying the other day how much we love lying down mm -hmm. i love lying down mm -hmm. and i love like embracing the fact that i'm naturally quite a lazy person right i'm the same i'm yeah. a potato person i'm just a couch potato and also i i think this might be my algorithm trying to enable me but i i every day see a different post that says apparently um lazy people have a higher iq and i i'll take that but it's clearly conforming to That's like very i clearly much like double convenient for them. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the person many who wrote that yeah, exactly. is high <laughs> yeah exactly but i do think there is something in that right what is considered lazy is often just someone who again is indulging in self-preservation what was or that pleasure. meme you saw the other day or that thing the tweet and it was like uh, about the four in the morning people waking up at four in the morning oh yeah if what I was, was a billionaire I would also tell all of my aspiring rivals that they should only get four hours sleep and wake up at 4am every day and I day. think it's that like it's that, <laughs> that is so spot on so <laughs> like, I think a lot of people are being conned into thinking that like if you are so busy that means you are successful right and mm -hmm. my brother says this really funny thing my brother's favorite word as an insult is he calls people busy like when people just constantly say when you say how are you and someone goes i'm so busy i'm so busy and all they do is talk about how busy they are that's and what they like, do in los angeles that is the main that answer that you get is like hustle culture busy, man. Of like, i'm busier than you i'm doing more than you and it's like well actually we're all busy like if i'm lying down watching tv i'm busy lying down watching <laughs> i'm TV. not available I'm, yeah <laughs> i don't want to talk to you because i'm busy <laughs> so it's just like such a bullshit it's like, capitalism I, exactly infused. like it's, exactly it's sodden with and capitalism. like it's, it, it kills yeah. people so it does kill it people does kill and people. it makes people fucking miserable and it almost killed me like i was so busy i wasn't sleeping at all i was fucking djing with pneumonia like that was the most suicidal period of my life was when i was at the height of my you know quote unquote success but that can that after that that no longer not became a measure of my success I was like that was just a measure of my misery to me and from the outside everyone was like wow you're doing so well you're doing so much you're on the covers of magazines blah 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 but I was so lonely I had no time to spend 
like with any of my friends or any of the people I loved. I had no stability. I was never in the same place for a normal amount of time. I didn't have a single full night's sleep in maybe eight months. And my health and my body and my heart and my brain were just deteriorating. And I was so miserable. Everything just felt so dark and overwhelming. I would not recommend. It is a lie. It's a con. And I think especially those of us who were of an age to work after the 2008 crash, we really were the ones that were like the pressure got put on us. I know you were too. Don't worry, you can I relax. I I was just at very young yeah, in secondary no, I know. school. I know, you just love to feel really young. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I was just born. <laughs> uh, but we were the generation most pressured to, like, quote-unquote, rebuild the economy, and it became glamorised to be the girl boss and the boss bitch and the bad boss bitch and to be on this kind of ev- never-ending hamster wheel. And you see so much content now being pushed out, especially towards men, just, you know, saying, oh that, like, God, wake yeah. up at 4 a.m., go to the gym, live like this, can't work 20 hours a week so you can have this Bugatti and this like all this bullshit 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 I know a lot of the people who've done that who followed that advice and who have all the shit and they're miserable and they're fucking lonely and they don't know what to do because they spent so much of their life trying to cultivate stuff and and uh, to impress people I mean there are certain countries in which if you fall asleep at your desk you are considered like to be a noble member of society mm-hmm Love because that. it means you've worked yourself like halfway oh, to death right. to the point where you no because no you can admit you're tired no <laughs> it's like you've worked yourself to the point where you cannot actually function anymore mm. and that is considered noble uh, and I really don't subscribe to that I think it's really awful and I definitely participated in it when I was younger but in the last few years I think the pandemic really shifted something in a lot of us that just went wait what the fuck were we doing if I died tomorrow from this you know from COVID would I look back on the way I've lived the last three five ten years and been like smash that had a great time on this planet. Mm. No, most of us have been deceived into having all this shit that we don't need. And I've done a massive reverse now where I'm trying to sort of sell all my stuff and just have enough for a nest that I'm going to move into and hide and work when I have to and then disappear for the rest of the time. I don't want I don't want the chaos anymore. Mm. And I think that that is mischaracterized as lazy and I often call myself lazy and I've got to stop it. Yeah, because, because I, I do think there's, I think there is a difference between like what we're describing and then like some people, like I've dated men who are like deeply lazy and I'm like, I cannot be with you because you haven't got enough. Like, But are they lazy or are they busy, you know, getting high and lying down? Exactly, but that's unattractive to me. Because it's like, you know, there has to be, it's like, I'm not saying don't have drive, but I'm saying also embrace the fact that like, you don't have to be doing shit all the time. Don't be busy. I personally don't really give a shit what someone's doing with their personal time. I think as long as they can make their own ends meet and aren't depending on other people. Yeah, but that's, that's where that's, I draw the line. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. I think if yeah, you yeah. are not a dependent, no, 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 that, like for, as in a voluntary you dependent. You want to, but yeah. like it's when you're sponging off of other people. Yeah, and I mean like, a voluntary dependent. There are some people who need to be a dependent, that's fine. Uh, some people yeah, choose exactly. to be a dependent, whatever. But I'm like just me, saying. I'm depending on you right now, living in your house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as I apparently stare at you and hold a mm. gun to your head um, but I do believe there is a big I think there is a big myth around laziness and I do believe that as long as you've just about got your shit together and I think as long as your lack of affect comes from a place of as long as you're filling that time with something that genuinely brings you joy and makes you a happier and more pleasant person to be around then I don't consider that laziness I consider that self-preservation Retweet. I think when you're doing it in a way that is now you're just letting everything fall apart I think that isn't laziness. That is that is just slow chaos. And selfish because it will be yeah. affecting all the people in your life. Yeah. So, so as long as what you're doing is not destructive, yeah. I don't fucking think it's laziness. That's what agreed, I'm going to say. Agreed, agreed. Yeah. 
I love lying down. I love I love lying down. Like, <laughs> my mum will sometimes say to me, "What are you doing tonight?" And I'll just say, "Lying down." Yeah. Okay. Someone's asked a good question, and I think this is probably more to you. But I, someone said, I always end up in a cute baby voice thing with my partners. I love it, but also ick. Is this common? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. It is. What is it? It is though, but it is ugh, disgusting. Yeah. It's disgusting. And if anybody heard me speaking to men, how I speak to them, I would <laughs> leave the world. <laughs> I would be so embarrassed. Mine is much worse than a baby voice. And you've unfortunately, now that you've yeah. lived with me, had to no, witness. But it's, but it's less ick. No, well, what? mine is an Indian accent. Yeah, but that's less ick like, than someone being like... Mm-hmm. I just go into all these different characters <laughs> when I'm talking to Jim. <laughs> and all these different modes, like if we're having a passive-aggressive moment uh, or if we're having a very affectionate moment, like I find it easier as a default. My sort of cute, or not cute, but just like my relationship alter mm-hmm. ego is about seven different old Indian men. Mm-hmm. And um, this man has chosen to live with me for nine years. <laughs> <laughs> This week was our nine-year well, anniversary. No, congratulations. And uh, that's nine years of him living with uh, the <laughs> seven old men in my head. <laughs> um, I think when it comes to ick, given how common it is, I think where I draw the line is doing it publicly. Like, that's that's like, it. I, Do yeah. it privately. No one cares. I don't know what it is, though. Like, Is it just because someone makes you feel really safe and yeah, takes you back to the most vulnerable like, time the in the your most, life? It's the deepest form of affection. Like The way you feel around someone that you're in love with is almost like you're like a fetus. <laughs> but do you think, like, this is what scares me, is that, like, is that the real us and the person we present on podcasts or at job interviews is like, is a mask and actually we're all just like or I'm like but 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 I don't know because I feel like we're all masking all, like all the time when you're yeah. doing anything publicly like the way that I'm speaking right now is different to how I'll be speaking like when we go home later well, it's quite similar okay well, well fine <laughs> I guess I'm just really authentic then pause for applause um, no but I do think that the the thing is is it, the way you are with a partner is just like it's a crazy concept mm-hmm. so like you, no one else should really see that and like I, I don't like knowing the ins and outs of other people's relationships no totally yeah that. I don't want to I don't want to see them I've like, banned friends from coming over until they can get a hold on it because it was very like does baby want yeah. a little bit of no jokes? no no I, I was stuck at a party talking to this girl recently and she kept referring to her boyfriend who was like sat next to us as daddy but she would do daddy in this like and then daddy will go and do oh and, like, no, Daddy that feels a bit does scary. This for me, and I was like, <laughs> get away from me. I think I deep down it does. What you call your partner? I think it's not it, my business. I think it's just like I think it's just really hard for us when we get uh, sort of pushed into the world as adults when we're only eighteen years old and we don't know fucking anything. And I think we spend a lot of our lives looking for some form of like some kind of parental figure and I think that's why a lot of people are so deeply involved in religion sometimes because you're like God is looking out for me and God has a plan for me and you know God's gonna like protect me from any decision I make and I think also maybe when you enter into a relationship with someone they kind of become your family and so maybe that's something that you do it could be be a few different things because then also you know you know the way that cats like go meow Mm. that's not natural for cats cats learn to do that only for humans because they recognize that when they made that sound they would get affection and food from humans so is there a possibility that because it's mostly girls who do this there are men who participate in it as well but 
is it possible that we're trying to be like I'm just little and harmless don't mm. be a, don't mm. be intimidated mm. by me I'm just a little mm. yeah fold me up and put me in your pocket yeah yeah it's like when when girls wear their boyfriend's clothes and they're like oh my god I'm drowning yeah in your t-shirt <laughs> I'm such a little baby <laughs> maybe it's the two but you know listen it's not it in private do what you no, want if it's working oh for you that's fine I think be a little bit careful with the like mummy and son yeah, yeah, shit yeah. that well, can because I've watched that go wrong every single yeah. time I've seen it with friends yeah. uh, eventually they do actually start to look at you as their mother yeah. and yeah. that becomes a real fucking nightmare but other than that I, no, think, I think you're yeah, alright it is common it's, it's very so common don't be ashamed no don't be ashamed unless you do it in front of us and yeah. then we and will then shame we you will so you don't need to be ashamed kick you out of the room <laughs> yeah. in such an aggressive way I'll yeah. kick you in the shin Someone's asked, how do I get over the feeling that I failed in life? And I think this is sort of a natural, there's a kind of natural answer to this from a lot of the answers we've already given. In my opinion, I think it depends on what you're using to measure success. Because maybe you failed at a career, but maybe you're a really good friend Mm. and maybe you're a really good parent and maybe you are making other people's lives better or you've done a really good job of pulling yourself out of some horrific trauma or some difficulties and you have come out just about whole. That, to me, is what I deem as success. Yeah, I think it's often these feelings which I I don't know what this person is going through but mm-hmm. it is often as how what I was saying before about how you feel about yourself internally is why you will be feeling this way if that makes sense so it's really about doing a lot of work on yourself and your relationship with yourself because it's kind of oh, it was the one about rejection or comparison but when you are depressed for example mm-hmm. which like I have been like at periods in my life I feel I'm failing at absolutely everything and even like my friendships like everything looks different to how it actually is when you're in a specific mental space mm-hmm. um, so I, th- there is definitely a, a, a part of that I don't know what this person is going through of like addressing how you're feeling about yourself but then completely I agree with you that we have such a warped idea of what like success is Mm -hmm. and we don't value having amazing friendships and we don't value the fact that we've like got great like relationships with people in our lives or like look after our health or like are good at something that's not a job you know yeah and I even thought about this because I've had a dog now for a year and I was like you know what I'm actually impressed that I've kept a dog alive for a year like that I was really proud of myself for that and that to me has been a big achievement in the last year nothing to do with work but I was like I'm really impressed that I've like stuck with this dog and like she's really and it's a really happy loving like healthy dog exactly and and, and everybody says that everyone's like your dog is such a nice dog and I feel really proud of that Mm. so there are other forms of success that aren't career or relate or romantic relationships yeah I completely agree I've massively I think in my career I have received some really intensive bullying especially from other women I haven't I haven't actually really had many issues with men in my time in this industry but some women have made my life a fucking living hell and it's because what they think I'm standing in the way of for them is some fucking statue is some fucking award that they want to hold in their hands and they're worried that I might get it. 
not that talented or ambitious, never going to happen, never coming for your award. But some people presume that because so many of us, especially in this industry, but I think this applies to many industries, again, going back to the scarcity mindset, yes. my life has been made miserable by these people. And they, they are miserable because they're so obsessed with this arbitrary marker of, I don't know, respect from their peers or being told, I'm finally enough. Medals are fucking insane. They're ridiculous. And also, you are, if you're someone who's doing that to other people, deep down, you're going to feel really fucking shit about yourself. So yeah. it's, it's a lose lose situation because you're losing out on whatever it is that you think you're losing out on, but then you're actually going to feel really shit. It's as also, a person. it's an exhausting way to live and it's also a very isolating way to live because you lose a lot of friends along the way because it's exhausting to be around that. It's exhausting to be around someone who's just constantly on the hustle all the time trying to acquire, acquire, acquire. It's like, who are you doing that for? What are you doing that for? None of the people that I love the most do I ever even, I don't know how much money they have. I don't give a fucking shit what they do for a living. It's just it's about just the human. And connection yeah, yeah. and I said this on a podcast recently and people said that I was very dark and um, and it wasn't in a racist way um, but they said that it was a very dark thing to say but I'm going to say it again um, which is that my greatest wish for the people who have made my life hell to try and step over others to have industry success is that they get the success that they want and for me, I think that is the cruelest thing you can wish on someone. Without fail, when you get that statue, when you have that pinnacle, and I can say this from my own experience, then you realise it doesn't make you happy. Now, I'm really lucky that I was 26 when I reached that sort of apex of whatever kind of success I was going to have back in England. But imagine getting to 30, 40, 50, 60 and getting it finally and then realising it doesn't make you happy and then thinking of all the bodies you stepped over to get there and how many friends you lost, how many people you isolated, how many miserable times you had at work, how many sleepless nights you had thinking about someone else other than yourself and obsessing over what they might take away from you, that horrible scarcity mindset. It is quite a dark thing to wish on people. But like, I voted for those people to win awards. Mm, but I think that's that, <laughs> that's like what I'm saying is that is all a feeling that they have inside themselves. So nothing yeah. is going to change it, no matter what they get in their career or whatever it is that they're mm -hmm. trying to get. It's That feeling is not going to go away unless they do work on themselves. And it's so corrosive. And so I don't, I don't choose to... I think I'm really lucky that I learned that lesson both from realising very literally it doesn't make you happy and it makes you suicidal sometimes and from watching how far other people have been willing to go and like what they've been willing to put me through to the detriment of both of our enjoyment of the job yeah because it's like we should just What's be so point? happy to I be know. there we should, we're so but lucky we're so things, privileged it's yeah. like let's just have a good time have a good time and then also it does make stuff better if people are enjoying totally totally it it's really batshit and it makes me like now that i'm older before i used to be angry but now i just feel very sorry for them mm, that's and, good. and i know not to engage or to beg for their affection <laughs> any longer that doesn't work it does push people further away don't do that anyway so I think it depends on how you measure success but I think first of all it is an ongoing effort there is no final destination for what success is you keep finding new margins of success or things that you want to reach as you get older and you should never stop striving towards them because otherwise it means you're dead just shift them to things that are realistic and organic and actually going to bring you joy and fun and bring you closer to other people that's my opinion do you mind if I get the crisps out of my bag? 
No, that's fine. That I think okay? we're going to wrap up. Okay. Just so, so hungry. <laughs> Can we just, just discuss I, the fact I, that I just... <laughs> no, I wasn't just listening. Said, I wasn't I, listening to me. Like, I'm so sorry. I just suddenly got so fucking hungry. And I, like, I really, hate you so much. No, but you, I haven't eaten anything today apart from that tiny bit of yogurt. That's fine. I would just have really have. I was having no, no, a really low no, no, it's fine. No, no, I'll just go fuck myself. That's fine. Um, <laughs> mm, oh, these are such good crisps. Can you give me one? Mm. Tell everyone before I kick you off this fucking podcast. <laughs> tell everyone where they can find your other work. Oh, oh. don't fucking touch. The I am so bad with this. I'm so bad. I am Grace Campbell and I'm on Instagram, Disgrace Campbell mm-hmm. and TikTok, Disgrace Campbell. And then I've just made a podcast for iHeartRadio where I went on 28 first dates with strangers and then speak about the dates, recorded the dates, speak about the dates, ne- have not been on a date since because it was so traumatizing. So please listen to it so that my trauma is worth something. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And she is amazing. She's slightly disrespectful when she's hungry. But uh, now we're going to go. That should be on my gravestone. Home she together. was amazing, but slightly disrespectful <laughs> when she was hungry. That's what I want to be remembered as. <laughs> my ex-boyfriend, whenever we'd get, whenever we'd, I'd start an argument about nothing, he'd be like, what have you eaten today? And I'd be like, I haven't eaten anything. And it would be like two o'clock p.m. And he'd be like, can you eat? And then come back to me and let me know if you still have this problem. And then I would eat and I'd be like, no, no, I'm over it. Oh, my God. What a nightmare. What a brilliant, fun nightmare you are. And now we're going home together. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for coming and answering all these questions and for being so honest and personal and uh, giving. Love you lots. Go on, fuck off. Love you. And of course, thank you everyone for sending in your incredibly thoughtful questions. are true overwhelming power sauce of destiny yes the most legendary sauce has arrived as mcdonald's transforms into the anime world of wickdonald's the greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili mcdonald's sauce to make your 10-piece wick nuggets fries and sprite ultra powerful unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at wickdonald's ba-da-ba-ba-ba go and participate in mcdonald's for a limited time while supplies last